Here's the question. Are you a business owner wanting to grow your business, but you're struggling with how your podcast can help? Well, welcome to the show that's about to change all that. I am your host, Cliff Duvinois, and in this podcast, we're taking the problems of podcasting head on. Entrepreneurs like you will share their strategies, tactics, and tips that they use every day with their podcast to make it an effective marketing and revenue tool in their toolkit. Welcome to Entrepreneurs on Podcasting. Hey there, world changers, and welcome to Entrepreneurs on Podcasting. Today's guest is a property law specialist turned retailer, turned social media and marketing speaker, change maker, momentum creator, as well as a mentor and coach for small businesses. She has done it all. She's learned a lot of lessons from the school of hard knocks, running her own business for 15 years. She has spent the last five teaching what she has learned. The self-proclaimed marketing nerd is passionate about social media. And as she says, if you can get your marketing right, both online and offline, then you can build the business of your dreams. And I agree with that. She started the popular Small Business Made Simple podcast. And with almost 200 episodes, she's definitely an expert in using a podcast to help grow your business. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me in welcoming to the show, Jen Donovan. Jen, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you going? Oh, man, I'm I'm doing well. I'm buried under a couple feet of snow here in Michigan. I'm sure it's all nice and sunny down there in Australia. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so other than that, doing really good. That's fantastic. Yes, it is uh, very hot here in Australia in the middle of our summer. So very different to what you're experiencing for sure. Oh, I bet. So I know I talked a little bit about your business in the intro, but why don't you tell us what your business is? What is it that you exactly do? So my business is all around social media and marketing with small businesses. My one goal, my one dream, I guess, through my whole business is for business owners to make marketing a priority because it, it so many people make it a sometimes activity or when I get time activity. But the truth of the matter is if you want a successful business, you have to make marketing a priority and spend time working on your business, just not in your business. So that's pretty much my goal and everything I do, I try and focus towards that goal. Hence a podcast, leaving tips and tricks and helping people sort of move along that journey of their own small business and a lot of speaking and running workshops. And of course, I used to get out and about a lot, had a lot of kilometers on my car, but now of course the pandemic made everything go online. So doing lots of webinars and workshops online, again, focused on that one goal, helping people make marketing a priority and just helping them get unstuck from whatever's making them stuck, whether it's accountability or whether it's not knowing what to post or when to post or how to post or email marketing, all just rolled into one, but with that one goal in mind. I'm glad that you pointed that out because you can have the best product, you can have the best service, but unless you're getting it out in front of people, especially your ideal customer avatar, your business isn't going to go anywhere fast. No. No, it's just not. Like you need customers, you need customers to come back again. Uh, you need loyalty and referrals, but you also need that uh, new customer base. And unless they know who you are and what you can do for them, unfortunately, the business just can't grow to its potential. Yeah, exactly. I really want to explore this. What made you decide to start a podcast in the first place? 
I, I guess it was, it came about in circumstances. So prior to running my own business, I was in a partnership business with another gentleman. We did marketing and social media together. That partnership kind of took a bit of a downturn very, very quickly. And I found myself thinking, gosh, there's one of me for every corner of every street in Australia. There's a marketer, there's a coach, there's a mentor, so many right. of us. How can I stand out from the crowd? And my podcast is going into its fourth year. So four years ago, not everyone had a podcast. That was my one thing that I thought, that's how I can stand out from the crowd is by having a podcast and putting my voice out there and putting my knowledge out there. And also very strategically how I can grow my network by having amazing people to interview and getting them to know me and me getting to know them as I go along as well. But I have to say, when I started four years ago, I honestly thought I had about 27 episodes mapped out of what I thought I knew and interviews, people that I could interview in my um, world. So I actually thought I'd struggle to get past about episode 27. I, I really want to go back because you you made a couple really, really profound points there that I, I want to go back and hit on. First off, you actually treated having a podcast as a point of differentiation for your marketing business. How did you ever have that thought? When you work in coaching and in marketing, you can see how saturated it is. So I guess that's one of the philosophies. When I was in retail, I always had a business coach. And I guess maybe that was something that he drummed into me was how do you stand out from the crowd? So I guess I took those lessons. And, and also I'd sort of had inclinings that I wanted to have a podcast even when I was in my previous business partnership. But unfortunately, my business partner wanted to do it as well. I He never got around to doing it, but I was sort of waiting for him to take the lead and do it. So when, of course, that partnership ended, I was like, right, now's my time to do it. And so I just went and learned how to do it. And by learn, I watch YouTube videos <laughs> on how to do yep. it. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'd been there. And so way back in the day, this is like many moons ago, when I was living in uh, California, I was a real estate agent. And that was one of the things, because they always tell you, you got to find a way to stand out, find a way to stand out. And my business coach said, start a podcast. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was doing. And I was like, just like you, I went to YouTube. I think I learned like every wrong way to do a podcast episode because it was taking me 10 to 12 hours a week to do a podcast episode. Fortunately, I'm down to an hour now, mm -hmm. but it was taking me like forever to be able to do that. And, but here's the deal. Nobody else, not a single like real estate person in my area was doing a podcast, not a one. Mm, so and interesting. Yeah. I quickly realized that this was a big differentiator and so whenever I was doing any kind of like an open house or whatever it is, rather than push, hey, I can help you buy or sell our home, I push the podcast mm -hmm. always because people always wanted to talk about your podcast. It's almost like when you say, I have a podcast, all of a sudden, in my experience, it is it elevates the conversation, right? You're, it, it's not like you're standing there talking to somebody and they're, they're like, oh, you're just another real estate agent. When you say, I have a podcast, all of a sudden people are like, really? You're like... <laughs> <laughs> like you're doing something like really special or something. They're like, well, what do you talk about? Well, what, well how, how can I find your podcast? I got to a point where I'd go to a, like a party or something 
And I wouldn't even tell people I was in real estate. I would just tell them I hosted a podcast uh, and they'd be like, I want to listen to it because I talked to all people local in that area. So I got the, uh, the MailChimp. I had that app on my phone and I would say, yeah, just put your email in here and I'll send you a link when, when new episodes drop. And that's how a lot of people found out I was in real estate. And I, I tell you what, when I switched from you know, trying to collect emails at open houses versus trying to get people to subscribe to my podcast. I mean, it was just night and day difference, right? Because all I wanted to do was grow my email list and let people know, hey, this is how I actually you know, pay the bills, right? So for, for, for you to be able to say that, I'm, I'm glad that you said that because for a lot of people, having a podcast is a big point of differentiation. Mm, yes, it is, most certainly. With regards to podcasting and you jumping into it, you said that you made it to 27 episodes. I want to explore this a little bit because another thing that that I hear from entrepreneurs is a struggle to come up with content. What are ideas that I can talk about? So you said you had it mapped out for 27 episodes. Clearly, you've produced more than 27 episodes. <laughs> so, yes, I think I have. Yeah. I think at the time of recording this, I think 176 is what was yes. released last week. Yeah. When you made it, you were getting close to that 27 point. What did you decide to do as far as coming up with more content to going forward? I, I guess, gosh, it is a little while ago, but I think I just didn't run out of things to say. And I guess some of it is imposter syndrome. What am I an expert on that I could possibly talk about? Oh, these right. are probably the things that I could I feel comfortable talking about. But the more I got into it, the more people listened, the more people complimented me, the more people said, oh my gosh, that was so good. I needed to hear that. The longer the episodes extended out, as in number-wise, not time-wise. And then, right. of course, I thought to myself, well, who don't I know that my audience would love to hear from because they can help my audience as well. So that's when I took to uh, LinkedIn and started to connect with people. And I can tell you, if you send someone a message that says, would you like to be on my podcast? Rarely do you get a no. Most people jump on the thought of getting onto someone's podcast. And so people said yes. So again, I extended my network and it just kept rolling from there. Sometimes I would listen to other people's podcasts podcasts, so even in my own market, in marketing and social media, and they would say something and I was like, oh, there's a whole episode on that. I could do a whole episode on that particular topic, yes. but it might've been just a sentence in their podcast, but this is, oh yes, my audience would love to know that as well. So I guess that's how the ideas keep coming. Surprisingly, three years in, I had this little epiphany, I think it must've been July or August last year, where I'm always recycling my podcast into social content. And I was sitting there watching my Instagram one day and I thought to myself, why aren't you repurposing your social content into podcasts? Yes. And it was just like, how dumb are you not to have thought of this before? So that's what I started to do. My little sound bites that I'd been putting on um, Instagram or LinkedIn or something that might have been a tip or a trick for a Tuesday, I then did a short, sharp podcast interview about. So again, four or five minutes, which uh, then meant I went through a series uh, you know, of time there where I was putting out two a week rather than just one a week. But I think once you're in the game of creating content, you find content, it comes to you. You've just got to be willing to listen to it because it might be a word, it might be a sentence, it might be something someone says to you, or it might be an epiphany. I, I think you, you really bring up a good point. And this was something that I will admit I hadn't even considered before, but this is great. If you're putting out like little snippets, like an Instagram reel 
or a little video on TikTok or whatever it is like that. And you could almost reverse engineer content for your podcast, right? You could mm. go out there and just put a bunch of stuff out there and track it for, let's say like a week or two. What are the top trending topics that people really zoned in on? And then go back and create a podcast episode around it. I love that idea. Mm, yeah, yeah. And once you start looking for these things, they become really quite obvious. I find Facebook groups fascinating. I hang out in oh, a yes. lot of Facebook groups and you, know, you hear, you, you see questions continually. And especially if you're hanging out in Facebook groups where your ideal client is and you're like, I've, I've seen someone ask that question two times this month. If they're asking it, other people must want to know the answer as well. So you can create, again, create a, a, you know, a podcast episode around it. And you were saying before about in being in um, real estate and pointing people to your podcast. I find my podcast awesome for that as well. If you're in Facebook groups and they're asking for advice, rather than going in with a buy my product or sell, here's my sell to you. You're like, look, I've got a podcast episode. Here's the link go and have a listen and see if that helps you and bang you've got a new listener plus all the other people who are reading the comments <laughs> yeah and that's a very powerful marketing tip and i know that i've shared this when i've done my challenges before what you said was really good going in and belonging to those facebook groups that your ideal customer avatar belongs to they're, they're asking questions mm. and like you said probably about 80 percent of the responses to that person's question are going to be are going to be either buy my thing or DM me or something else like that. You go in there and you add value, whether it's whether you write something out or include a link to you know your podcast episode where you sit there and say, "Hey, this is what da 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 da," and you will not only get that person, but like you said, you'll probably get ten or fifteen other people that have that same question and they want to hear the answer too, and they're going to click on the link and come over to. Uh, your site. So that right there is, it, it might, it, and granted, it's not, <laughs> it's not 10,000 downloads. It might only be 15, but still, if it's the right 15 yes, and they hit that subscribe button or they come to your site and fill out your form, I want to do this, or maybe they want to download your lead magnet, your freebie, whatever that might be, or sign up for your webinar or whatever it is, man, that's when you start hitting pay dirt. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And of course, you come off as a person giving value rather than being salesy. And then if your podcast is any good and they get to know your personality and, you know, not just listen to one, but listen to, you know, almost become addicted to your podcast. I know I get a lot of people reach out to me that might have been directed to go and listen to one episode and they're like, oh my God, I've started from the start. And I'm yes. like, oh my goodness, I wouldn't even listen to the first episode of my podcast. <laughs> oh my goodness. It would just, I, remember cutting out every breath and um and ah and now I'm a bit more like this and just rarely edit unless I make some sort of really bad mistake or have a child come in or a husband come in or something when they shouldn't but yeah you can get a lifetime listener out of just that one value adding comment yeah and I would love 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 to explore some more of the the perfectionism right because I think perfectionism kills so many podcasts out there. And I will admit, I fell victim to that because I was just like you editing out every single um, like uh, all those filler words. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, that right there alone is, is what was taking my podcasting from something simple and fun to this 12 hour time suck every single week where I wasn't doing those activities I should have been to help grow my business. I was too busy editing a 30 minute episode of my <laughs> podcast. So I, I would love to, I'd love to explore that with you a little bit more. I, what I would like to talk about is, so 
you're producing episodes, you're getting episodes out there, you're finding all kinds of great content. What has podcasting really done for your business? I would say probably the biggest thing that it's done is set me up as the expert. So the expert, if someone's thinking marketing, social media, I need someone to come and speak to my membership, my audience, my local council group, my local chamber, whatever that is, then I have a really good foot in the door already because I not only know what I'm talking about, which they can simply hear from my podcast, but they can tell my personality a little bit. They can't see me, but they can tell my personality from listening to my podcast. So they already know whether or not I'm a good fit for their audience or not, that I'm going to bring value to their audience or not. So for me, it's sort of setting myself up there as the expert uh, is definitely one of the biggest things that it's brought to my business. But I think it's taught me a lot as well. And it's probably given me uh, a lot more confidence that I do know what I'm talking about when it comes to marketing and social media and also be willing to learn more myself, being that lifelong learner and always like I put out an episode earlier this year about NFT and social coin and uh, Bitcoin. I know really nothing about that, but it was so fascinating to me. I had to bring my audience's attention to it just basically saying, this is this, you guys need to keep your finger on the pulse here because Web 3.0, it's coming and it's going to be new to business and it's going to change the way you do business. Don't follow me. I don't know anything about it, but you know, this is what my opinion is. So it just elevates you and brings new knowledge to your audience. Yeah. And what we were talking about before, when you say to somebody, I have a podcast, that just changes the whole conversation right there. It does because people think that it's an amazing thing to have a podcast and and I guess perhaps it is amazing but as you and I know like it starts off as such a big job and I'm with you I think it used to take me half a day to put out a half hour episode but you get quicker at it a because you learn tips and tricks as you go along but b you care less I wanted a podcast in the end where if you met me in the supermarket, I'd sound the same as if you listen to my podcast. So there are likes and ums and ahs and whoops and daisies and things like that. So I, that feels more genuine to me. Some people won't listen to it for that reason, that it's not completely polished and that's okay. They're probably not my people at the end of the day. I think the big thing to keep in mind too is that when you're putting out a podcast episode, it, it needs to have that authenticity to it, right? It's It's this is who I am. And I'm glad that you said that because you're talking about how the person behind the mic is the same person that you'd bump into at uh, the grocery store. And I think a lot of people, and I know that I certainly fell victim to this. I was taking a look at like these big interviews, Larry King or Tim Ferriss or these types of people. They're thinking I had to be that person, right? When I was putting together my podcast, I had to be like that good or nobody's going to listen to me. And one of the things that I realized almost too late in the game was that people were tuning in because they wanted to learn more about Cliff. Yeah. Not about Larry King, not about Tim Ferriss, but they wanted to learn more about Cliff. And so I'm really glad that you brought up that whole point because the authenticity thing is just something that I think everybody in every platform and podcasting being a big one really needs to keep in mind. Yeah, and I think that uh, hats off to all those, you know, business people that have enormous podcasts with enormous downloads. But I think sometimes to a listener, that's an unachievable 
thing. Uh, whereas to listen to little Jenny Donovan, who lives on a farm in a rural place in New South Wales that just happens to be good at marketing and social media, it seems more relatable. It seems like that person is more like the listener than the person yes. who is famous already. So I think you also have that degree of that relatability that they can sort of go, she's she's just like me. She just knows a little bit more than what I do. I should listen to her. Yes, exactly. I love exactly how you phrase that. When you started off with uh, podcasting, and what did you find was your biggest struggle when you got into podcasting, and how did you overcome it? I think my biggest struggle was probably imposter syndrome, and I know ah. that that might seem like a bit of a cop out answer to my friends, to my family, uh, to my ex clients that I had when I worked in my other marketing business. I felt like they'd be thinking, "Who is she to be putting out a podcast? Like she's just Jen Donovan. Like why does she feel that she can put out a podcast?" And so I really felt that weight of who am I to be doing this? The stronger emotion was I need to stand out from the crowd that won over imposter syndrome in the end but it was definitely something that I had to overcome and and sometimes it still creeps in I look at my download numbers and I think to myself no no people are listening in people are listening so it's still working I love that too imposter syndrome that happens so much when people are out there. And I think this plays into, believe it or not, it's a topic that you talked about earlier, which is when we were discussing this about how you could have the best product or service out there, but unless people know that you're out there and you can get your product or service in front of them, then you know your business just isn't going to grow. And I think with imposter syndrome, uh, that's one of the things is you've built a product, you've put it out there, but all of a sudden you're just like, all of a sudden, like, who am I, right? All my competitors are out there. Other people are doing this. They got bigger names. They've got bigger budget. Who's going to pay attention to me? But I loved your answer there, right? You needed to stand out, right? You needed to do something different. One of my uh, friends has a brilliant quote and I think of it often and I quote it often and it is, I am more stubborn than I am scared. <laughs> it's like I was too stubborn <laughs> not to have a podcast, even though I was scared. So that's one of my favorite sayings when imposter syndrome, you know, enters my head is I am more stubborn than I am scared. I'm going to do this. Nice. I got to write that down because I've never heard that before. <laughs> but that is sometimes you'll have those one people that they have to read every single book out there and watch every video before they take action. And then you got the other people that jump in with both feet. And I, I know that launching anything new, especially when you don't see a lot of people around you doing it, you just have that tendency to think, well, why aren't they doing it? Mm, you know, mm -hmm. and somebody else could be doing this much better than me or whatever it is. And I think what it is in those particular cases there, when you talk about being absolutely stubborn is this is something that's got to get cemented in every entrepreneur's mind, but you do have to look at how you can really differentiate yourself in the marketplace. So I'm, I'm really glad that I'm more stubborn than scared that you <laughs> that you shared that nugget with us. Use it. Use it to your delight. Write it down, pin it at the top of your computer so whenever imposter syndrome comes to visit, you know what to tell it. Yes, definitely. And not only uh, did you get over your imposter syndrome to launch your Small Business Made Simple podcast, but you've got two other podcasts out there. 
I know. It's a little bit crazy, isn't it? Like my mum always <laughs> told me I would like to talk and apparently she was correct. So I <laughs> I do have two other podcasts. So I have a, another business, which is an online marketplace. So it's like Amazon, but it's only for rural and regional Australian small businesses. So that has a podcast attached to it called Stories from the Bush. And that is all about interviewing people who belong to that marketplace about what it's like to work and live in the Australian rural landscape. And my other one is called Along the Murray. So I live on the Murray River in Australia. And it was basically released late last year as a a bit of a, a tourism bring in gem. So I interviewed local people who had uh, tourism based businesses because in Australia, of course, I'm not sure whether you follow the news, but I think we're only just opening up to international travel sometime this week. Right. Oh, sorry, this month. So it's been very much about domestic travel in our summer here and our spring here. So I wanted to do a podcast that would attract more visitors to our particular part of the beautiful country that I live in. So that was a bit of a passion project, but I have to tell you, Clifford, it had a different business angle to it, as in I wasn't getting a lot of work from one of my local shires. So I live on a border, so I have two different shires, I guess, and one particular shire wasn't really answering my emails, wasn't really getting me in front of their community, which of course as a speaker I wanted to do. So I interviewed a few of the real stakeholders within the local council on my podcast as kind of like a get to know me on a different level and believe it or not, uh, it actually works. And now I have some paid speaking gigs coming up in that particular council. So it was my passion project, but it also was about people in the area getting to know me on a different level so that when I did want to put a proposal to them that uh, maybe they're a little bit more likely to say yes, which of course has paid off. Yeah, definitely. I could definitely see that in there if you're going to reach out to somebody, because I know that's another area that a lot of people are really wanting to get into, and that is speaking engagements. So mm. having that podcast to be able to showcase, hey, this is what I can talk about. This is what I'm an expert in. This is what I sound like. If this is a good match for your audience, let you know. It almost like you're getting a chance to audition without really auditioning. Yeah, exactly. To do a podcast like I did for Along the Murray, if they were paid a professional uh, agency or someone to come in and do that podcast, it would have cost them around $10,000. So I almost gave them a $10,000 gift, which was twofold. Onefold for me, because I wanted, you know, some work from them yeah. in the future. I wanted them to at least open and acknowledge my emails in the future. And two, I wanted to help other small businesses with the tourism that was going to come to get more people into our area to spend more money. So it was definitely twofold, although I only ever really let everyone know that it was onefold, which was my gift to my area. Nice. I absolutely love that. I, I didn't even think about the, inf the impact that podcasting could have on speaking engagements, but you've really opened my eyes to that. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it does. Again, because you're putting your voice out there, you're putting your knowledge out there. And also, as you know, as we did before we press record, you get to know these person, people before and after the interviews. And sometimes that's where some of the great gold comes from and relationship building comes from, which is super interesting. And one of the privileges from being a podcaster is that you get that you know, time with that person. And, and sometimes I've interviewed people that to spend an hour with them probably would have cost me five, six, 
whereas I get to talk to them for a whole hour for free because I've invited them to come on as a podcast guest or they've asked to come on my podcast, which is even better when people start asking if they can come on your podcast. I love it. One of the things that I've advocated from for as long as I can remember in my world of podcasting is podcasting is the ultimate relationship building tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally between, agree. Yeah, between the guests that you can have on there, but also between your listener. I mean, out of all the content that you can produce and put out there, I don't know of any other platform. YouTube would probably be close, but I don't know any other platform out there where a 20-minute piece of content or a 30-minute piece of content is something that your customer will listen to while they're driving down the road, while they're you know out for their morning walk or something else like that. So yeah, love it that you pointed that out. What has been one of the biggest successes that you've had with podcasting? Probably extends into speaking again. So the speaking opportunities that have come from people that listen to my podcast who then recommend me for speaking opportunities or people who listen to my podcast and have speaking opportunities themselves, like they might have their own little communities or something like that. That's probably one of my biggest successes. I did have a very vain, lofty goal in 2020. 21 to reach 100,000 downloads. I didn't hit that. I hit 91,000. And that may not. Oh, thank you. That may not sound a lot to some people who are listening to your podcast, but when I put that into perspective of who I am and the energy that I put into my podcast, to think that that. I have got to speak in that many years or to, I don't know, it could be a thousand people uh, or it could be 10,000 people. That's one of the problems with podcasting is you don't exactly know who is listening to your podcast. Exactly, yep. mm-hmm. I find that a little bit trippy, a little bit unbelievable to think that, again, I guess imposter syndrome enters the head and it's just like, wow, little old me having that sort of influence on people. So yeah, definitely being that influencer in a podcasting way is just a great delight from being a podcaster. And really, again, someone said to me about download numbers, not to get too hung up on them. So I don't get too hung up on them. Although I did have that very vain goal. If you have 50 people listen to your podcast, imagine talking to a room full of 50 people every week. Would that excite you? And I'm like, Oh my gosh, absolutely. To think that you could stand in front of 50 people and give your thoughts, opinions, your um, tips or your tricks to them every single week is just, you know, unbelievable. Whether you have 10 listeners or 100 listeners, imagine them as real people and I think you'll feel a lot more proud about yourself. And I'm glad you brought up that comment about really not paying too much attention to the download numbers because one of the things that you hit on when you said you could speak to a room of 50 people you don't know who's in that crowd of 50 people. There could be some CEO of some big company that is absolutely loving your message and thinking to himself, you know what, we need to work with this person, right? Which could turn into a lucrative contract or somebody from TEDx could tap you and be like, hey, I was listening to this podcast episode. I would love to put you on a national stage in front of thousands of people and your video could be viewed by millions of people that are out there. So I I think you got to keep in mind that if you're only getting 50 downloads, okay, but you don't know who that 50 is. Mm, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know? And they could be the 50 people that you need the most. It's no different to yes. looking at Instagram followers. You know, don't get hung up on the numbers. It's better to have 100 people who engage with you every time you post than 3,000 people where 10 people only ever engage with you. Numbers don't necessarily matter. It's definitely the quality, as you've said. And again, you just don't know who's in that particular audience that you that are listening to you. And it's always such a thrill when someone does reach out to you or screenshot that they're listening to your podcast or send you a DM and you get to know them. I have people that say to me, might send me a DM and they're like, oh my God, you responded. And I'm like, absolutely. I'm so excited (laughs) that you you took the time to do that because otherwise the stats, that's the one thing that I wish that podcasting could do a little bit better. And that is to give us better stats, but maybe the mystery is all part of the success as well. Yeah, and who knows? Probably some startup somewhere is working on that exact question right yes, now as possibly. far as providing those high-level analytics. Okay, there's entrepreneurs who have a podcast who are listening to this podcast, and they're struggling, right? They maybe have gotten their 10 episodes, 15 episodes, and they're just struggling. What would be one key piece of advice that you'd want to give them? Um, To not give up, uh, most certainly. I think if you feel that you have something to tell someone and you can add value to somebody's life, I think you have a responsibility to do that and to help that person, whether that's one person or a hundred people. I think let go of the perfectionism. We talked about that a little bit earlier as far as getting rid of ums and ahs and likes and that sort of thing. I have to say that I script my podcast, so I actually write my podcast before I record them. A, because that's the way I learn by having something that's already, I've already got my thoughts out on a piece of paper of where I want to take the podcast. So that really helps me as a podcaster. I don't necessarily read them, but I have it all mapped out in front of me. And plus then it becomes my show notes, which then are repurposed into a blog. So it actually becomes part of my content marketing as well. Making sure that if you perhaps aren't getting a little bit confused on your podcast or they're not going the way you want them, script them first, write them out. And that is okay to do that. Think about how you can repurpose your podcast. If it may be not doing what you want it to do, are you marketing enough? Of course, would be the question. But also, right. how can you repurpose that podcast and looking at it from different avenues so that it's not a standalone piece of content, but something that can be repurposed to help build your business as well? And I'm glad that you bring that up. That's something that I work with my clients on is if, from my standpoint, because I, I just love podcasting so much, I always tell them to think of podcasting like the tip of the spear, right? If you create a good podcast episode, it doesn't have to be great, but if you create a good podcast episode, it's amazing the number of pieces of content that you can get from that one podcast episode. You could probably get 30 pieces of content with quote cards audiograms, creating short videos, breaking it down into topics that you can use for Instagram reels or TikToks, all from that one episode. Mm, yes, there is certainly an enormous list. And if you just went to Google and wrote, you, you know, typed that in, how can I repurpose my podcast? You'd probably get a lot of answers that you could uh, look at doing as well. But I think uh, the 
stats for podcasting. I think the average podcast episodes are eight. I think the average over all the people that start podcasts, the average episode number is eight. So if you've got more than eight, then you're above average already. So just keep going with it. There are a lot of people who start podcasts and don't go ahead with it, which is probably for a multitude of reasons. And that's totally fine. But again, if you've got value to add to someone, you have a responsibility to add that value to their life and help them. Nice. Absolutely love it. Jen, if somebody's listening to this uh, podcast episode and man, they just want to suck up all your podcasts that you have out there, <laughs> follow you on social, find your website, Where? what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. So my podcast obviously is Small Business Made Simple. You can find it on all the big podcast apps. My website is socialmediaandmarketing.com.au. And I have to tell you that my business is named Social Media and Marketing Australia because that was free. When I was doing my business and I typed in for a domain name and socialmediaandmarketing.com.au was free, I was just like, well, that's ridiculous how can that be free? So that's how I name my business. So I have a very big ready, fire, aim attitude to business. Like, let's just get this done. So you can find all my episodes and a lot of content over there. Otherwise, I do like to hang out on Instagram. So at Jen Donovan underscore. And for our audience, we will have all of those links down in the show notes down below. Jen, it's been it's been awesome having you on the podcast today. Thank you. Oh, it's been such a great conversation. I don't get to talk about podcasting enough. I get to talk on a podcast, but not about podcasting. So I've so enjoyed it. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I want to let you know that enrollment for our free five-day Start My Business podcast challenge is officially open. If you're an entrepreneur and you're thinking a podcast would be a great way to grow your business, but you're not sure how to start one, then this challenge is for you. This challenge is designed by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Now within the five day challenge, you'll go from ground zero to having a fully operational podcast that you can use to start growing your business. I'll be sharing with you simple tips and tricks that took me years to learn that will prevent you from spending hours on one episode. Head over to startmybusinesspodcastchallenge.com or click on the link in the show notes down below. We'll see you there.